Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. Today, we're continuing our series here on the podcast that we've titled, What Is? where we explore words or phrases you often find in contemplative circles, but may not exactly know what they mean. What is a rule of life? A rule of life is a personal set of guidelines or commitments that help you to live your life in a way that is aligned with your value. It could be as simple or as complex as you want it to be, and it can be revised at any time. And the idea of a rule of life originated in Christian monastic communities, but we're finding it more and more out in the world. And I personally have engaged with what I would have called uh, a value-centered life, Uh, but recently I did join a monastic community and I studied the rule of St. Benedict for a year, and I revised my value-centered list my commitments that I lived by, and it was super helpful. And I want to state up front that maybe this word, a rule, might be off-putting to some people. And I had that reaction while I was going through the class, but an analogy that they gave that was helpful was think of a rule as a trellis, like it's a, a sort of a guiding tool that helps you grow in the way that you want to grow. And I just found that to be a super helpful analogy. How can a rule of life help my life grow in the way that I want it to grow? And so here are some elements that might help you in creating your own. And so as I bring up this notion of a rule of life, I wonder what comes up for the two of you. I'm trying to remember when I first heard about the rule of life. It, it's been a while now, so I've had time with this and I have super appreciated it in my life. And it, it most recently came up because I think I had mentioned that I had turned in my doctoral project recently. And so you get into a season like that and it's all about that thing. And, and then it turns around, that season is done. And so I've had this moment to say, what values do I want to uphold now that I don't have to work so hard on this one thing and what has maybe had to take this back seat in order to get that done that I I need to bring back, I need to nurture because I do care about it. So it's even come up recently for me as my season starts to just maybe slightly shift a little bit. Chris, I appreciate you acknowledging that the word rule of life can feel off-putting because I do think the word rule particularly maybe for our younger generations that, ah, I don't want rules or rules-based faith or spirituality or whatnot. And yeah, I think that oftentimes revisiting some of these ancient words and concepts with a a fresh lens or maybe going a a little bit deeper as to what it means, actually it's all the idea of certain aspects of rules certainly are off-putting, but there's other aspects that are actually quite freeing. And like you're describing that trellis that can really guide and Christina, I also appreciate you acknowledging the seasons. I think for me, one of the ways in which I have engaged with this idea of a rule of life is I have this visual that that I come back to every so often. And it's very multifaceted, right? It it encompasses 
spiritual practices, maybe relational things, physical aspects of my life, health, et cetera. And I find that just so helpful to have a place where my rule is this sort of little graphic design thing that I have that helped me to feel centered. It's my trellis, if you were. And being able to name things on there and and then to to watch, wow, like this area has really flourished and grown because I'm tending to it. There's intentionality around this. It's values-based. And I think the rule doesn't have to be like a list of do's and don'ts or I'm going to do this, but it can be a creative expression of how you want to be living your life going forward. Yeah, I appreciate you you naming that. And I think you talked about a visual, an image, a graphic. And I wrote my rule with five other people. And I personally wrote my rule with a piece of music. It didn't have any words at all to it. And so I, I wrote this piece of music and some of the themes that emerged from the music as I was reflecting on my life, this piece of music embodies hospitality. It embodies deep listening. It embodies ongoing conversion. These are the rules that I've set for my life. But I used a piece of music to embody what my rule is. And I had someone from my class that did a sand garden that described their rule of life. Someone else wrote a poem to describe their life, their life rule, a rule of life. And so I really appreciate you naming the diversity and complexity in which we can use this ancient practice that can be so beneficial for people. Yes, I, I like the freedom to be able to create it in a formal sense, in an informal sense. The creativity is always so fun uh, when we're given that ability to say, express it how you will and in a way that speaks to the depths of who you are. Which I think this notion of freedom is such a big piece of it because uh, what we learn in the world is that when we have a certain amount of order or structure or predictability in our lives, then we also have room for spontaneity and freedom and fun because we know where we have it to give uh, versus if we don't have any sense of what how much energy do I need to expend or whatever it is, then we don't know. It's always deficit. And the rule gives this opportunity to almost, like I have friends that do really good budgets for their houses and they've done it for years and they feel a lot of flexibility there too, because it's this ability to say, I know what is available. I know what's spoken for. And yes, I can give this and I can give this freely. I can give it with joy and I'm good to go. So I appreciate that. And I think recognizing that a rule of life is living. It's not a static, like the Ten Commandments chiseled onto rocks or something like that. And even in the ancient monastic communities or those that are a part of that, those types of institutions, there's a regular reviewing of your rule of life and a recognition of, okay, it's been a year or however long the, the group decides. Do you still ascribe to these things? Are there changes that you would make to your rule before you're recommitting to this next station of life in that? And I really appreciate that because, again, going back to the trellis or I don't know, I'm not a gardener, but when you have tomato plots and you have the, is that a trellis where the vine grows up, the potted tomatoes, right? And you recognize, wow, like the tomatoes are like busting out of the trellis, right? If your crop's doing really well. And so maybe you need to rotate and put this side of the tomato plant more into the sun or whatever, or recognizing, wow, this is outgrown this particular pot. And so maybe we need to go and put it into a larger pot or into the raised beds or things like that. 
Or contrary, if there's some like dryness or drought or whatnot, it's, oh, I actually don't need the trellis because it's not even growing up that far. And so there's a reevaluation that happens as to what's going on in the soil, perhaps. And so I really appreciate, again, this aspect that a rule is not static and maybe what we think of, but the rule of life is a living whether it be a document, a song, a collage, whatever it is that you're putting language or non-language around that can change and ebb and flow as our lives do. Yeah, I appreciate you naming that. Of course, yeah, things change in life. Like the things that maybe we valued in our 30s, we might not value in our 40s or 50s. Noting the aspect that things can change. One of the things that that strikes me as being important to Uh, this notion of a rule of life is the spiritual practices that can be helpful in a rule of life. And I will just list two that have been super helpful for me. I think the prayer of examine has been super helpful for me and examining my life. Where did I experience joy? Where did I experience God? Where did I experience the divine? Was it in hospitality? Was it in listening to people? Where did I experience presence? to myself and to others? Where was I most fully alive? And so the prayer of examine was one that was super helpful. And then also a a timeline, writing out a timeline of my life and just inviting presence to speak to me uh, about my life. And some people do it in the form of journaling. I happen to do it in a chronological order of where did I have moments where God was evident in my timeline? And so That was super helpful for me in writing a rule of life. As I bring up this notion of spiritual practices, I wonder what comes up for the two of you. Actually, something that's coming up is even as you mentioned the word hospitality as an example of something. And that's something that's one of my core values is hospitality. And I'm recognizing that the expression of that or the practice, if you will, to use your language, it is shifting, has changed over the years. The value of hospitality is the same, but maybe my resources are different or my stage of life is different. And so therefore the expression of it looks differently. And maybe when I was younger and living in a dorm, when I was studying, hospitality was still there. That was still part of what I was. And so maybe it was like making little cute little baskets for my friends or baking something to give away, where now I have a home with an extra bedroom and someone can stay the night and offer hospitality in that way or throwing parties or whatever. And so I I think to me, Chris, what comes up as I'm listening to you is our values And maybe they change. I don't want to say that they don't either, but oftentimes they don't. It's who we are. But the expression or the practice of that, I've noticed has changed. Oh, that's really good. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think oftentimes there's a few things that I'll end up having to reprioritize, often around how much time I get to spend with people, because people really matter to me. And then how am I engaging my time with God? Because I like variety, this business of seasons is a really important aspect. I think some people really like to do the same thing over and over, but I really like trying new things and experiencing new things. It's true when we eat, it's just true across the board. And so having this variety of experiences becomes the thing that I have to be intentional about in order to life that examine is a helpful tool in the midst of looking at a rule of life. Something that I might add as I'm listening to the both of you is that there's personal rules, but then also like community rules of life, if you will. And so I think we've identified maybe our own personal things, but then maybe if you cohabitate with others, maybe your household has a set of of rules that you live by, whether you're single, living with other singles or a family unit, um, 
by marriage or whatnot, parents, those sorts of things, that perhaps there's that. Or sometimes spiritual communities have rules. So Chris, you started off the podcast talking about studying the Benedictine rule of life, and that has been shaping kind of monastic communities. And so I think what that does is it gives shared language around as a community, whether it's our household or a wider community, these are some shared values that we have, and we're going to live our lives accordingly. And so when things rub up against that, culture, society, our own inner turmoil, we can come back to those things as a safe way to reorient or realign ourselves. Christina, to your point of like recommitments, and I don't know, to me, it feels important to name that there's sort of personal aspects to the rule, but also sometimes communal. Yes, very true. And I love you bringing up the notion that maybe things rub up against. I think that's going to happen in life. Like we're going we're going to bump into some ideas or some practices and we have to pivot. We have to make changes. I think it's easier to do that personally than it is as a community, but I think communities still are able to pivot and make changes as well. And I think one of the things that as you're saying that one of the the practices that we do as a family is like we create lists uh, of things that we want to do, places we want to go. And I just, it made me smile whenever you said that, because that is a way that I really love seeing my values played out in my family. I wouldn't call it a rule of life. And again, I think one of the, one of the things that people get caught up in, in the rule of life is this sort of static document that you live by. And again, I, I think we're highlighting that it doesn't have to be that. It, it, it could change. And so one of the things that we love in our family is we love checking things off the list and adding new things to it. And I think we have values that we can, I've, that we can add to, like the expressions, the different expressions that you've talked about, Christina. And so, uh, I think that could be an important aspect to bringing this into your communities. Yeah, I love that you've taken a moment to highlight the communal aspects because it, it does come up now that I think about it in a lot of the places that I'm in. And it, sometimes it looks like a mission statement or a vision statement and you return to that or something like this. But what are we about? What do we care about? Why do we do it? And yeah, I think when I think about the rule of life, it's this question of how do I or how do we want to be? We sometimes talk about the doing and being aspect. How do I want to be in the world? How do we want to be in the world? What does it look like? And we have neighbors that will talk about days gone by when there were block parties and the meaningfulness of that sort of connection and their desire for that connection again. And so that too is its own form of what does it look like to have community with your neighbors and the whole bit. And so when enough people start talking about it, then you get that energy. Thank you so much for this conversation. And hopefully our listeners have enjoyed this conversation. And I will just list two resources that I think could be helpful if you this idea of a rule of life uh, you find interesting. There is the rule of St. Benedict. And for our listeners that maybe English isn't their first language, it is written in many different languages. And so the rule of life by St. Benedict. And then another sort of Addition to that is a book called Wisdom Distilled from the Daily by Joan Chittister, and it gives you a whole world of possibility as it relates to this idea of a rule of life. Mm -hmm. 
now is the part of the podcast where we talk about what we are into. So what are we into? I am into playing the flute again. So we started talking about our daughter played for the civic band over the summer. And we thought, oh, can we possibly do that together? And wouldn't that be fun? So her flute needed repairs. And in the midst of that, we're like, let's just deal with a different flute for you. We'll repair this one for me. So we finally got it back. And it was so funny because they had put this kind of cleaning rod in the body of it. And so I went to play it and I couldn't get any sound out of it because there's a, a clothy thing stuck in there. I thought, there's no way I got this bad at the flute. And I like took the head off and it makes sound. I put it back together. And one of our kids said, is there anything stuck in the instrument? And I thought, how brilliant they are. Indeed, the cleaning pipe was in there. And so I've only gotten to do a few moments, but it was glorious. And I am totally into it. That makes me happy to hear. Yay, a flautist among us. So this is the time of year where I deal with dry skin, dry lips. So I am currently holding my York Peppermint Patty lip balm. And I just love this time of year, different, like fun flavored lip balm. I'm often using lip balms and to deal with my chapped lips. And so today's flavor happens to be the York Mint, but that's what I'm into. Oh my gosh. Okay, number one, Christina Kaiser, I had no idea that you were a flautist, that you played the flute. I... Knowing you for many years and having many conversations, I had no clue. And I think Christina Roberts, my wife, is hiding her lip balm. I have never seen this before either. Oh my gosh. Usually the stuff that she likes, chocolate is an exception. Like it, she loves chocolate. You cannot find chocolate anywhere in the house because it is hidden a low profile place. I think the same could be said of your your chapstick, low profile. I've never seen or heard of York peppermint. Uh, I'm into something that's not as interesting. I've been trying to figure out whenever ways when I sit, how can I strengthen my core? And so I have this chair that I sit in at my desk and I am often editing things, podcast, editing video. I'm just, I'm at my desk chair a lot. And so how can I get a little bit of exercise while they're there? And I have discovered that I can strengthen my core, strengthen my legs by doing these little exercises in my chair. And it has been, it's been really fun while I sit there, do exercises. I make some interesting faces when I'm in meetings like this, conversations like this, but it has been revolutionary. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope to see you again soon. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.